Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome sidekick, Husband Dewey, today. (laughs) I think about the sidekick cars, you know. Yeah, I'm riding down the highway with you, my love. (laughs) Better hold on. I drive fast. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. My my hair's blowing back, baby. (laughs) I should have one of those those warning stickers. Caution, stops for cats. (laughs) Uh, That's true. I agree with that. So, hello, everybody, and welcome to our show. And I wanted to say what a great opportunity it is for people to have some time right now in the troubling world that we're in to listen and go back and uh, revisit some of these podcasts. Uh, If you're sitting around thinking about, I'm sure you're having spending more time with your pet. Spending more time with your cat, go back and listen to some of these podcasts. But today, we're going to be talking about how to introduce cats. And if you're one of those people who went to the shelter before this COVID-19 hit and you bought another cat to be with your cat and you're having some issues, this would be a good podcast for you to listen to. So, Molly, you talk about this all the time. And I feel like we've already covered this topic. Well, I agree. We do talk about it all the time. And, you know, to be honest, I actually thought we'd done an episode on this topic. And I went back and I looked through, this is our 64th episode, I think, 64th, 65th. So I, I went through and I looked at all the topics and we hadn't. And and I think that's because I have an instruction sheet that I hand out in shelters when people adopt cats. And I have it on the website and it's, you know, I, I, I give that out. So I, I kind of assume that people already have this information and it's not something that we needed to do a podcast on. But there's a lot of details and nuances to every one of those steps not included. So, so I thought we ought to talk about it. Ah, you know, so why is introducing cats a topic we need to even talk about? It seems well, like you could just put them both together and be done. Well, that's what a lot of people do, and, and it doesn't work out well because the first meeting of two cats can can define, or actually does define, how their long term relationship goes. You you don't get a do over because cats have really really long memories, and if you put the two cats together and they have a big fight, which would be a normal behavior for a cat. They remember that every time they see or smell that other cat, those emotions that they had, the, those that fear and that fight and, and being attacked and being threatened emotions will come back again. And so it's very, very, very difficult to overcome a, a wrongly done initial introduction because, you know, cats are solitary creatures um, by nature. So... They've evolved as a solitary species. They have very large territories. They've not evolved with a social hierarchy like dogs. You know, you get another dog and a lot of times your dog goes, oh, look, a buddy. But your cat is never, ever going to do that about another cat. And so 
you know, it's real important you do this correctly. Cat aggression is one of the most common behavior calls I get, and it's one of the most common reasons cats are surrendered to shelters. You know, uh, that's that's um, something that we should really dive into, really, and talk about the 10 steps uh, that you have prepared. And I know that it, you've, you've created a nice little flyer that you give to folks and so let's go through those 10 steps. And for those people that are listening at the moment, grab a piece of paper and a pencil just so you can jot down some of the 10 things that you need to do. Um, and, and also, if you, I mean, if, if you can also email me at molly at cattalkradio.com after this podcast, and, and I'm happy to send you a, a PDF of this too. Or you can go to the website, catbehaviorsolutions.org and follow along with these 10. But there are some things we're gonna talk about today that aren't printed there, hence the reason for this podcast. And I also need to point out that, you know, right now in the middle of all of us, this, you know, stay in place sheltering um, thing with coronavirus that we're all doing, there are a lot more people fostering and adopting because they wanna have company, you know, there are a lot more new cats coming into households right now. And I think that's probably also why my calls for this, for cat-to-cat aggression, have have increased recently. So this is really good timing. Okay, so for all those that have taken a short break and gone to pick up a pencil and piece of paper and ready to take some notes, let's start off with number one. On your number one item, you say prep your home by using pheromone diffusers in the cat's areas. Kind of like you, you promote the feel away. You talk about that in a second. But why do you recommend this? Well, there's actually something called pheromonotherapy. You can find it in WikiVet. That's right. Wiki even has a WikiVet. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it's, it refers to the use of pheromones to reduce anxiety. And I recommend the Feelaway brand. I've tested several different brands. You know, we get samples every time we go to Global Pet Expo. And so I've tried Thunder, you know, Thunder Pets ones. I've tried all the different ones. And I find Feelaway to be by far the most effective. So what it is, is they're synthetic pheromones, which are, are mimic the scent glands from the face, the, the side of the cheek. It's what cats rub all over everything. And what they're rubbing is the F3 faction. It, it's what's in the pheromones is the F3 fraction of the feline facial marking pheromone. And, um, and so what it does is it simulates the dense facial marking in the home while the cats place their own scent marks. So it's going to kind of give a communal F3 pheromone scent so that everybody feels calm and like they don't have to battle for territory, all right? But by itself, this isn't a magic wand that's going to just, oh, we'll plug in some pheromones and then we'll introduce the cats and everything's going to be fine. That That's not enough. Um, there are things like pheromones that do help to set the foundation and stage for all of the steps coming, but by itself, it isn't enough. I would actually add that this would be a good time to start 
um, CBD supplements. We carry a, a really high quality, affordable, easy to follow dosing guidelines of CBD oil that's tasteless. You know, they don't try to make it all these wild flavors. Cats hate. We sell that on the store in the Behavior Boutique on catbehaviorsolutions.org. Um, I'd also think about putting your cat on Zilkeen, which is a um, an over-the-counter supplement. It is under the resources tab on the website in the nutrition section. And um, you're buying Zilkeen like for people in caplets. And so you open up the capsule I give them um, a capsule a day over the course of their meals. So sprinkle a little bit on each meal. It doesn't have an offensive taste. So your cat won't, shouldn't turn up its nose to its food with it on there. But I would do the Zilkeen, the CBD, and the pheromones just, just as a good solid foundation to have all the necessary calming things in place before you begin. Well, that's a lot of note-taking, and that's a lot for step number one. So um, let's say, let's hope the rest of these aren't as, <laughs> as in-depth. Well, see, that's why we're doing in-depth. this show. <laughs> that's why, you know, because I can only put the basics on them, one to ten steps. Nobody's going to read it if it's a paragraph long. So that's why I thought this would be a perfect show. I could tell all the little extra stuff. Okay, so... After all of that's been said and all that, you know, one of those things or some of those things or all those things are done, as Molly has mentioned, what you're doing is you're setting a stress, a less stressful foundation for the cats to get acquainted, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's so exactly. Let's move on to your number two. Number two says, confine your new cat to its own safe room with its own bedding, litter, food, and fresh water. That sounds simple enough. Can any of us use a room, any room, or are there certain types of room that are better than others? Well, any room with a solid door that the cats can't open and, you know, and they should have enough space, obviously. You know, the ideal situation would be like a TV watching room or a, a home office or a spare bedroom. You know, sometimes bathrooms can be too small. You know, you want it to be a room that you spend time in. And, of course, we do spend time in bathrooms. But but you don't want to isolate a cat in the new environment and then leave it alone the whole time. That, you know, it, it needs to have human interaction while it's in there. You know, you need to be using this time to establish the trust bond with the new cat and getting to know them. You know, what they like, what they don't like, how they like to be pet, where they like to be touched, where they don't like to be touched. You know, you also don't want to choose a room that's favored by your home cat. So let's say, you know, you've got a room that your your home cat, your your incumbent cat, your existing prior to this new cat cat, the, the cat number one. <laughs> and your number one cat really loves and loves to spend like all day sunning in that window. Well, if all of a sudden you block that cat off from that space and you put a new cat in there, that's going to also affect your home cat and make them more defensive. So pay attention to where your cat spends its time and try not to rob it of, of that when choosing a room to put the new cat into. Wow, okay. So let's move on to your number three. Number three is block the two cats with a closed door. The two cats should be able to smell and hear each other through the closed door, but there should not be any physical contact. You pretty much covered that in your room description. Anything you want to add to that? Well, 
you know, it's it's important to know that your cat's going to know there's another cat in the house. They have incredible sense of smell. So, you know, they're going to know just because the door's closed doesn't mean that they're not going to be able to smell potential territory invader. It'll be like warning, Will Rogers, danger, danger. <laughs> That's what's going off in their head. They're like, oh, my God, there's another cat in my territory. And so... You know, they they know that that cat is there. So that's why we're starting off slow with the block door so they can't see it because they can smell it. And, and that's that's where we what we want at this stage is to limit it just to that one sense. Well, really, too, because they can hear it also if it's in there crying or meowing or that kind of thing. They'll be able to hear it as well. Okay, number four is feed the cats at the same time on each side of the door. Almost makes sense, right? About a foot away from the door. This will mean moving your cat's food bowl to this new area for the introductory period. Now, why is that important? Well, this is counter-conditioning. It's the pairing of a negative stimuli, which is the new cat in the territory, with a positive stimuli, which is food. So the cats will begin to associate the scent of each other with something great. Like, like a meal. And so it's important that you feed them one foot away from the door because that puts them a total of two feet apart, which is how you need to be feeding your cats anyway. There should be a two-foot rule always. Don't feed them close together. That's not natural to their species. Um, so, yeah, that's your next step is, is start your feeding um, on either side of the door. So uh, if you had food timers, I guess you would just kind of set the timers if you're work during the day and you need to feed the cat during the day, you would set the timers at the same time, right? That's uh-huh. Yeah, you would set, you want to, you definitely want to get the new cat on the feeding schedule that you're using for your cat. And so definitely if you're feeding the way I recommend and you're feeding four to five meals a day, one of those is, is inevitably in a food timer. So you'll have gotten a second food timer for the new cat. And everything will be put down at the same time, um, one foot away from the door that's separating the two of them. Okay, and then moving on to number five, halfway through our list, uh, play with and reward each cat daily on each side of the door, which means you got to go in one door and out the other door and play with cat about the same time, I would assume. This must be further counter con- conditioning where you're pairing something fun and good with the scent of the other cat is that kind of is that what we're talking about counter conditioning here again yeah yeah it is and 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 the sounds of the other cat um because you know it it hears the other cat playing ideally you have two people doing this you know you can do it if you're if you're an alone person in the house but it's much better if you have two people so you say you have like roommates or husband and wife each of you does wand play so if you don't know what prey play is, um, look for that in our podcast section or um, shoot me an email and I'll send you an, an article I wrote about prey play and why it's so important. But basically it's simulating the hunt with a toy, usually a, a mouse or feathers with crinkly paper on the end of a wand and you're making the cat, you know, see, stare, chase, jump, bite on this toy that's the most rewarding interactive play. So have interactive play 
on either side of the door at least once a day, preferably twice a day, and preferably with both cats simultaneously. Now, once you're past this introductory process, it's very important to note that you don't prey play with two cats simultaneously. That is not natural behavior in the wild. That is something that they need to do separately, independently of one another. But at this stage, you know, they're separated by the door. And so they're not seeing the other cat doing the prey play at the same time. Okay, so let's go to number six. Switch the positions of the cats after two days. Allow your cat to investigate the smells in the new rooms while the new cat explores the house and scent of his new playmate. Expect some hissing at the new cat smells. Switch them after back after they have had some time to explore, a few hours at least. Does it switch out every day for five more days? Wow. Tell us more about how exactly this is done. That seems like a lot of work. Well, this is where it starts to get tricky. You know, I give um, suggested times on the instruction sheet, you know, like after two days of separation, for example. But the reality is you always have to go at the pace of the cat. Every cat is different. Some cats are more confident. Some cats are more shy and skittish. Some have more history of being with other cats and and some don't. So depending on their, you know, backgrounds and experiences, uh, dating as far back as when they were little tiny babies, that that shapes how welcoming they are to other cats. So, you know, two days might not be long enough for some cats. You might have to stay at this step, you know, for for five days before you start switching them. Now, when you do um, that also, you know, like I said, you want to do it probably after a meal um, so that they're they're not hungry and, and have a little more anxiety. So they've just eaten, you know, 30 minutes after a meal is a good time and then go ahead and switch. You don't need to switch the litter boxes. That's a question I, I get a lot too. Go ahead and leave everything in place so that each cat can lay its scent over the other cat. So what we're doing here is we're giving them a chance to really get the scent of the new cat up close and personal, and then also to use their cheek pheromones, their facial F3 pheromones, and rub over those cats' scents so that they're going to be able to create a communal scent. When they are both together in both areas, those areas will smell like the combination of both of them and and release stress. So how do you know when you should start swapping? What do you look for? Well, if your new cat is still hiding under the bed, it's too soon. If the new cat runs and hides when you enter the room, it's too soon. If your incumbent cat's behavior has changed and he's suddenly aggressive to you, it's too soon. You want to see both cats relaxed and calm in their space before you start the swapping. And the few hours, you know, recommended exploring time might not be right either. It depends upon how big your spaces are. If you have a 6,000 square foot home, the cat's going to need more than a couple hours to explore all the spaces. But whatever you do, don't let the two cats and don't let a cat outside at this point. You want you want both cats in inside. And the other thing I'd say is when you're doing the swapping, 
be very careful that like if you have two people, you pick up one cat, you pick up the other cat. No passing in the hall so the cats can see one another. This is this is this is not an opportunity for them to get a glimpse of their, you know, dating game <laughs> potential new companion. This is not an opportunity for them to stop and smell noses in the hallway. So pick up both cats, put one in a carrier maybe. So put one cat in the carrier, then open the door, hold the carrier high off the ground so the cat can't see it, and then take that cat out, close the door, and let the cat out of the carrier. But do not let them smell or see or touch or oops, one got into the room before I could put the other one up. Don't let any of those things happen because they can absolutely negatively affect the long-term outcome of this thing. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. You're number seven. Crack the door one inch and secure with a weight. Keep up the simultaneous feeding, playing, and switching. Now the cats will begin to see one another. Watch for signs of anxiety. Now, why? what, what do you recommend for keeping that door exactly one inch open? Well, if it were me, I'd go, Dewey, here's what I need. (laughs) I need need to block that door one inch and secure it so this cat can't get in and that cat can't get out. Will you rig that up for me, honey? Yeah. (laughs) So here's some ideas. And I would Um, be right there, my love. (laughs) I know. And the way we are, you know, you listeners need to know, boy, when we do projects in this house, it is like two captains on a ship. I got my ideas of how to do things and Dewey has his ideas of how to do things. And we're much better off just assigning, you know, tasks and projects. But if I didn't employ Dewey's help on this, here's some things I, I would do. So I would probably, you know, get something, whatever it is, matchbox, you know, anything that's about an inch in width and put it in the door jam. And then I'd tie a rope around the doorknob, a rope or a tie or a a sash from a robe or a dress I'm not using. And I would put a a nail in the wall or something. And so then I'd I'd pull that tie through the one inch open space and secure it on the front side. And that way the door can neither close any farther or open any farther. And another thing, you know, we have cinder blocks laying around here. We have lots of cinder blocks. I, I use them in my art studio, actually. So one of the things I would do is put a cinder block behind the door so that it can't open any farther. But um, but that really only works if you have two exits from the room because you can't really squeeze your arm in that one-inch space and pull the cinder block closer. So if you're in the room, you can put the wedge in put the cinder block behind the door and then go out the other door. So something like that. So you got any other ideas? How would you rig it up? Oh, no, that, you know, I I think being creative and, and um, finding different things to do that, they, they make those little rubber stoppers that you could, you know, modify and make sure that it stays there. They make uh, little uh, stopgap things that you can keep the door open. So, I mean, there's all sorts of different ideas that we can do, and we'll let the other commanders in the world take that one on. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to number eight. Number eight. It sounds like we're doing a count up and not a countdown. 
Number eight, widen the gap uh, the next day to about four inches. Now we're, this is where it gets real interesting. Four inches, huh? But not enough for one or the other to get out. Monitor the reactions of the cat. Stay at this stage until there is no hissing between them. Four inches seems like a lot. And in just one day, I mean. Well, again, you, you got to go with the cat's pace. So if you've gotten lots of hissing and growling and yelling at each other and maybe reaching through the door trying to smack each other, you know, then stay at one inch until they're both settled down. You know, you, you want to make sure that both cats are okay seeing each other through that little gap. And, of course, if your new cat is a tiny kitten, it's going to get through four inches. So, obviously, if it's a tiny kitten, you need to stay at a smaller gap stage. Don't, you know, skip this step if your cat can fit through four inches or make it three inches or whatever. But you want this gap to be a little bit bigger. Um, so that they can they can now you know begin reaching and touching each other and touching noses if they if they want to um, and you know to do it as far as rigging it up you just simply get a bigger block to wedge in the open door. All right, that's that sounds great. Now we move on into number nine. Number nine: screen the doorway to create a visual barrier. Screening, huh? where they can see one another but not have physical contact. Continue with the simultaneous feeding, playing, switching out routine. A screen door or plexiglass works well for this. I'm having a hard time visualizing this. Give us an example. Yeah, this this is this is a difficult stage and something you probably, you know, if you had the luxury of figuring this out, if you're if you're if you're fortunate enough to be listening to this podcast prior to getting a new cat, this will give you some opportunities to to think of something. Now, I've had clients do everything from um, actually installing a screen door, you know, in place of the door. So take the door off, put a screen door on. You know, you can get a screen door pretty inexpensively. They fit on the same hinges whatnot. So I've had people actually um, install a whole screen door. I've had people get screen and build a frame, just kind of stretch screening material around a frame and, and secure that in the doorway. I have one client um, that has had a bangle um, that actually or has a bangle that is actually a retired breeding bangle and he was retired because of his aggression. Um, so to other cats and and I think to people as well. So they had the opportunity to rescue another Bengal and they were desperately trying to integrate these two. And they made a, an awesome thing. He he put like a channel. So using, you know, one buys or I think it was like half half inch by half inch pieces of wood, nailed those to the door frame and then got plexiglass, a big sheet of plexiglass he could si- slide down in that channel. You put handles on the plexiglass, and then as as this progression increased, he drilled holes in the plexiglass, you know, like one-inch holes, so the cats then, you know, could, could also begin to smell each other through the holes. So there's lots of different ways to do this at this stage. It's, it's not easy, and it's a very, very, very important step. So it's, you know, you can also put little tiny nails all around your door frame and maybe put netting up. You know, they do, um, you know, you could stack baby gates, like two baby gates stacked on top of one another, all different 
things you could do. But this is the stage where, you know, you need to get creative at figuring out how to create a, a barrier, still a barrier, but where they can see one another. Wow. Okay. So we're down to the number 10. Number 10 says to introduce them by putting harnesses and or leashes on them, removing the visual barrier and allowing them to eat and play separately. This should be more than 15 minutes for the first time. If that it's goes no well, should be should no be more. No more than 15 minutes. No more than 15 minutes. Okay. <clears throat> gotcha. All right. If this goes well, extend the time. Well, that sounds simple, but putting harnesses on cats seems like it would be stressing it out more. Is that, I mean, and even having them play together on leashes seems a little bit interesting. So explain that. Well, no, I'm not saying you have them play together. No, at this point, you, well, first of all, um, you know, this is a great example of not having enough space on the instruction sheet to talk about all that should be done through the process. So you should be harness training them from day one of this process so that by the time you get to this point, which is likely a few weeks later, both of the cats are comfortable wearing the harness and leash. Okay, so tell us how to do that. Well, it... um, you may have the kind of cat that is perfectly fine with you putting a harness on them. And you may have a cat that gets all freaked out anytime you try to put something over it's usually the latter. So I recommend that you sit down, have the harness ready, put the cat in your lap, you know, butt against you facing out so that he can't back away from you. Talk to it, have some treats. If you can put some treats down, like if you're sitting at a desk or a counter, put some treats down or at a table, let it eat the treats off the table while you slip the harness over the neck and, and clip it. We use the uh, come with me kitty harness because it's the most secure and it's nice and thin so that the cats, you know, don't mind it. So once you get the harness on, let the cat, live in that harness for a couple hours and then take it off. I did this with our foster just a couple days ago and he was like, whoa. And he was swaying around like he was drunk and he flopped on the floor and he just laid there, just flopped. Every time he tried to get up, he tried to get out of that harness, try to back out of it. It was very cute. All that stuff is normal. Your cat's going to hate the harness the first time he puts it on and it's okay. He'll get used to it. Kind of like the first time you wore a bra. <laughs> it wasn't comfortable. So, you know, you just, you, you let Some him Some of us used. haven't had that experience. <laughs> well, I know you probably wouldn't, but I bet most of our listeners have. <laughs> Not Nothing against you male listeners. I know we have a lot of male listeners, and I just can't think of a, a male equivalent <laughs> analogy to, to that, to be quite honest. But, um, you know, you let them get used to it, and then you put the clip the leash on it and let them let them drag that leash around a little bit so they get used to that. Now, when you do this first introduction, you're not doing it where they, you know, where they're both on a leash and going at one another. You're keeping them several feet apart. If, you know, you can let them get a little closer and a little closer, but the first time they hiss or growl or any negative reaction, you know, pull them farther apart until that stops. If there's still hissing and growling and trying to get at each other, then it's too soon. You need to go back to the previous step 
and and stay at nine before you move ahead to to ten. And and each time, you know, these steps aren't happening like one day apart. You need to stay at these steps for several days at least as these cats get used to the presence of one another. Okay, so we're down at the bottom at number past number ten. And, and you wrote on the bottom of this, you have on the bottom uh, these instructions. Don't get anxious or try to shortcut the process. When people have skipped these two steps, the results almost are always failure. Talk about that. Yeah, it, people get down to step nine and ten, and they're like, oh, screw it. This has already been two weeks. I just want these cats together. This is a pain in the ass, holding this door closed and blah, 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 and swapping these cats. I don't have time for this. I just want them to get together. And, and it's almost always failure if you skip nine and 10. So you really, really, really need to stick with it. It's, I know it's human nature to just say, oh, well, let's just try it. You know, let, let's just take the cat home and, and set it down. I know we got these printed instructions, but I think our cat's going to love other cats. You know, we had a cat before until it died and then they got along great. It's going to love having a new buddy. Not the case. Not the case, people. So, you know, please have patience and do this right so that your cats can have, you know, a lifetime of of good relationship with one another. And if you like these instructions, like I say, they're on our website or you can email me and I'm, I'm happy to send them to me, to you. Sorry. Email me. I'll send them to you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that pretty much wraps up that that process. And we have lots of other um, information. While you're while you're sheltering in place, take this opportunity to listen to some of our other podcasts. Um, some really good ones are what to feed your cat, how to build confidence in your cat, um, environmental enrichment. This is a good time to listen to that one and get on Amazon and buy your cat some some good new enriching things. You know, we've got lots of lots of topics on cat behavior and cat care. And, you know, send us ideas. We got we got a couple this last week. I really appreciate your emails, you know, saying what you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, a listener sent in that he'd like to hear us talk about how to reduce stress in cats in shelters. And we'll probably do that one next week. We got another one. Uh, someone wanted us to talk about how to live with a deaf cat and what that's like. And so we'll, we'll talk about that one too. So absolutely send me topics, any questions you have, cause it helps us out. We're on our 65th episode and goodness gracious, how much more can we talk about cats? <laughs> so uh, help <laughs> us out. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Call in, call so in. You, can, you know, another way you can help us out too is follow cat behavior solutions on Instagram and be sure to like the Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio page on Facebook and share it with other cat owners because, you know, our whole mission in life is, is not keeping this stuff secret but getting it out there in the hands of everybody who owns a cat so that they can understand their cat's nature better and take better care of their cats, keeping their cats happy for a lifetime so that there will never be any shelter surrender. You know, and another way you can help out is to shop at the catbehaviorsolutions.org in the behavior boutique section. There's lots and lots of great products in there. And Molly does a great job of not just throwing stuff out there. She has really studied everything that she has out there meticulously and has decided this is a great behavior tool 
So there's lots of tools for the toolbox. If you just go to the Behavior Boutique at catbehaviorsolutions.org. And we're offering free shipping for orders over $49. I also want to mention Molly. 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 It's Molly, honey. Remember? Molly. Yeah, I got a little (laughs) twisted there. Molly is also. Huh? <laughs> I said, remember your wife, Molly? Yeah, no, no, I got it. It was just my my tongue was faster than my brain. <laughs> so, oh, we're not gonna yeah. go there. I'm just I'm not, gonna, right. I'm yeah, not gonna go touch there. that one. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> also I want to mention that Molly has also started a new section in her blog called Dear Molly. That's what I'm talking about, Dear Molly, (laughs) where she (laughs) answers questions she's received by email each day. So if you send her an email and she tries to answer those questions in her blog also. And uh, you might want to send her an email, tell her what you'd like to talk about, and she would respond to you there. And if it's really something that we could dive into on the show, we'd love to do that also. And if you're having a problem that just doesn't seem that seems unsolvable she's available for virtual and in-home consultations after we get past this COVID thing (laughs) right 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 now it's just virtual consultations but uh, and also if you've learned something from one of our podcasts if, if if this is helping you out in any way would you please consider sending us a gratuity donation any amount helps us to keep the show on the air and deliver these resources to cat owners and help keep the cats out of the shelter and uh, really 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 appreciate all you listeners who are sending us you know five ten fifteen twenty five dollars i mean it helps because this isn't free it, it costs us to stay on the Voice America platform. We aren't subsidized by any other means other than our donations um, from private individuals like yourself. So if you'd like to see us stay on the air, consider helping us out with a little donation. And because, you know, as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats, we need to be continuing to get this information out there. So appreciate you tuning in today, and until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. 
through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com.